0: Hi everyone, and welcome back to Queering LGBTQ. Ever since I learned what queer theory was, I haven't stopped thinking about it. There are so many ways to apply it to our daily lives. Each individual thinks that they see and understand what LGBTQ means, but I want to talk about how we can take a more queer approach to our standard labels. In the simplest terms, queer theory is a challenge. It's a challenge to the societal standards of gender and sexuality, it's a challenge to societal norms. Queer theory tells you to throw what you think you know out the window and then reanalyzes it as you bring it back in. Queer theory questions everything. And because it's theory, there's no one answer or answers at all. It's an ongoing discussion passing through time. And now that discussion has reached me. Today, we're going to be focusing on the term bisexual, its origin, history, and the ways that queer theory challenges it. The term bisexual is typically defined as the sexual attraction to more than one gender. In the chapter, Bisexuality, Historical Perspectives, in the book, Bisexualities, Gert Hekma explains that the word bisexual was first used in Dutch in 1877 and was used to refer to an intersex individual who had lived some of his life as a woman and then the rest as a man. Glad.org says that bisexuality was then, quote, first used to refer to a sexual attraction to both men and women by Charles Gilbert Chaddock in an 1892 translation of Richard Boncraft Ebbing's Psychopathia Sexualis, end quote. So the term had first been used to mean the being of two sexes and then was used to mean the sexual attraction to two sexes. Only about 20 years later, in the early 1900s, bisexual identities started to arise. Ma Rainey, for example, was an African-American blues singer from the 1920s who was openly bisexual. In her song, Prove It On Me Blues, she sings about her gal leaving and that she would follow her, but that no one could catch her, and no one can prove that she was into women, essentially challenging the criminal implications of being with a woman at the time while still being out and proud. The National Sexual Violence Resource Center explains that bisexual behavior in women in particular started appearing more in the early 20th century. However, the concept of bisexuality as an identity wasn't as well known yet. Shiri Eisner, author of Bi Notes for a Bisexual Revolution, says that while, quote, very little research is available regarding the lives of bisexuals in those intermediate years, From what can be gleaned, it seems as though many bisexuals in the 1950s and 1960s were part of gay or lesbian communities," end quote. Not all bisexuals, however, had the privilege to be out or to even engage in bisexual behaviors. Heterosexuality was socially enforced as the norm, so many individuals may have stayed in only opposite sex relationships so they could still be perceived as only heterosexual. Being openly bisexual in heteronormative communities could be very difficult going against social norms. But it wasn't much easier to be openly bisexual in the lesbian and gay communities, as biphobia was quite rampant at the time. Likely because, quote, LGBT communities as a whole were at such a risk and were so intent on survival that there was little freedom for anyone to speak about or create different identities or spaces. So even in a perceived space of safety and acceptance, bisexual individuals were still ostracized for liking multiple genders. In their chapter, Bisexuality, a Sociological Perspective in the book Bisexualities, John Gagnon, Kathy Greenblatt, and Mitchell Kimmel explain that by the 80s and 90s, what was called bisexual chic started to become popular in young adults in the urban club scene. This trend formed around the assumption that many rock and pop stars were bisexual, like Madonna or David Bowie. The younger individuals were able to see role models in bisexuality, helping them feel more comfortable exploring their own sexual identities. Eisner, who I mentioned earlier, explains that as a culture from the 70s to the early 2000s, the bisexual movement started reclaiming bisexuality as an identity, taking it away from the medical and psychiatric connotations and normalizing it as a valid sexuality. In the 90s, the lesbian and gay movement started to include bisexual in their acronym to make it LGB, and then later to include trans individuals, LGBT. During that time, bisexuality was typically defined as the sexual attraction to men and women. However, from the early 2000s until now, the definition has changed to be more inclusive of trans and non-binary identities. As with all sexualities, there is going to be some social discourse that follows, but it seems to be especially prevalent when it comes to bisexuality. This comes from what Eisner refers to as monosexism, which she explains is not a replacement for biphobia, but, quote, a social structure operating through the assumption that everyone is, or should be, monosexual, a structure that privileges monosexuality and monosexual people, and that systemically punishes people who are non-monosexual, end quote. However, this differs from harmful stereotypes, like the idea that bisexuals are just confused or indecisive. That is a harmful stereotype that comes from monosexism and happens because of the system that upholds the idea that monosexuality is the only way. In the book, Bisexuality and Queer Theory, Laura Erickson Schroth and Jennifer Mitchell say in their chapter, Queering Queer Theory, or Why Bisexuality Matters, that quote, "'Bisexuality is fundamentally unsettling, to the hegemonic institution of heterosexuality and its queer counterpoint, homosexuality, and is therefore ultimately ignored by both. Yet bisexuality, like homosexuality, is a significant threat to heteronormativity. More troublesome, though, is its refusal to acquiesce to what has evolved into a neatly packaged opposition to that system," end quote. That system is the monosexist system that is upheld and is assumed to be the only way bisexuality has been a threat to both sides for being different. And while one would think with shared experiences that the lesbian and gay community would welcome bisexuals with open arms, there are still many who ascribe to the monosexist views of our society. When they aren't accepted by the heterosexual community or the homosexual community, bisexuals are then othered from society, and being othered perpetuates the negative thoughts and stereotypes that perpetuates more biphobia. And there are many harmful stereotypes that usually accompany biphobia, such as bisexuals will cheat on you because they like more than one gender, or all bisexuals must be polyamorous because they don't like only one gender. These comments are not just randomly assumed in society, but are stereotypes driven by monosexism, which leads to people who believe it and who use it to oppress bisexuals. This biphobia feeds into erasure of identities. This can come on an individual level, where someone specifically invalidates your personal bisexuality, or on a larger scale, when media will talk about gay or straight, but completely disregards the concept of more than that. Specifically in the LGBTQ community, while being ostracized by some, others think that the label is not inclusive. There are many who think that because the prefix bi and bisexuality means two, that it must be exclusively two identities that someone is attracted to and therefore that anyone who uses the label is transphobic. Bisexuality, though, can be the attraction to anyone. It's not exclusionary of trans identities or identities outside of the binary, which then tends to bring in pansexuality, which is very similar to bisexuality. Every person has a different concept of it, but the way I describe the difference between bisexual and pansexual is that both labels are attracted to the same people, but pansexual individuals have a sort of gender blindness when it comes to attraction. Pansexuality is actually a subset of the umbrella of bisexuality, but the existence of pansexuality does not make the label bisexuality less inclusive. While being bisexual in itself is not a social anomaly, there are anomalous behaviors that really rack your brain about how we experience sexuality, how we experience sex, and what exactly makes a person bisexual. Gagnon, Greenblatt, and Kimmel, whom I mentioned earlier, explain the existence of what they refer to as situational bisexuality. Situational bisexuality refers to bisexual behaviors usually observed in isolated gender groups, prostitution, or adolescents exploring identities. Prison is probably the most well-known instance of situational bisexuality. When there are inmates that want to have sex but do not have access to the opposite sex, some will settle for the same sex when their sexual desire overcomes their typical aversion of same-sex relations. We can then question whether or not those individuals were actually attracted to the same sex or if it was entirely situational because having sex with a certain gender does not equate sexual attraction. But if we think in terms of multiple voluntary accounts, How many times does it have to occur before it's not just situational, but then actively seeking out the same sex? In this type of situation, however, the relationship tends to be solely for sexual gratification and nothing else. Gagnon, Greenblatt, and Kimmel explained that, the problem of sex in prison is not one of orgasms or sex acts, but rather of the meaning of the sex acts. Many heterosexual male prisoners view the sexual world very much as they do the heterosexual male prostitutes, and they often share common social attitudes towards gender and sex. That is, the sexual act between men in prison is defined as being heterosexual for one person and homosexual for the other, end quote. Those who are defined as being heterosexual are usually the givers, and the homosexual is the receiver. This hierarchy is based on horribly sexist ideals of how society views men and women, implying that the receiver is a woman and therefore is viewed as homosexual, but that the giver is still a man and is heterosexual because he's demonstrating the dominant role. Since they're mimicking the dynamic of heterosexual coupling, we can ponder whether they are indeed having sex simply for the gratification without any sexual attraction for said person, or if repeated behaviors may lead to a change in sexuality, whether it had always been present or not sexuality is very nuanced and we may never be able to fully understand the complexity of situational bisexuality but it's important to consider these behaviors when talking about bisexuality. All right I am here today with my friend Emily. Hello. It is so nice to have you on the show. I am so excited to talk to you today. You are bisexual correct? Yep. All right. Do you want to talk a little bit about your history with identifying as bisexual?
1: Sure. When I was in like eighth grade, I had a crush on this guy and then he had a twin sister. I also had a crush on her at the same time. So that was kind of how I figured it out. And then once I got to high school in ninth grade, I identified as a lesbian until freshman year of college, which was last year. And then I met this guy, and then I was like, I'm not a lesbian. I don't know what is wrong with me. And I've been bi ever since. There was a lot of, like, I guess, like rejection of heteronormativity that went into that, I would say. But I'm definitely like men. So that's where we are now. Was there anything that kind of
0: made you stray away from identifying as bisexual and moving towards lesbian?
1: It was kind of like a desire to not be straight in any sort of way. Like, I don't really know what it was, but there was this weird, like, social pressure to, like, go all in with it. Especially because, like, all of my friends, like, nobody was really bi or pan, but people were mostly gay or lesbian, which is weird. So I was just kind of like, okay, I feel like in order to be a real queer person, I have to really throw myself into it. Um, And also just like, when you're realizing your own identity, you just want to like stick it to the straight people and be like, I'm a lesbian, I love women only and that's it. But it's like, that's not true. But it was just kind of like completely rejecting, like some people feel like they have to fit into the box of straight when they're younger. So they say they're bi, but they're actually a lesbian. But I was kind of the opposite, I guess. Like, I wanted to be a lesbian because I wanted to feel like I was so detached from that. But being bi doesn't make me straight at all. It makes me bi.
0: Absolutely. It's hard because, like, there's this, like, inherent, like, want to separate yourself from, like, heteronormativity and not be a part of that culture. Like, kind of just rejecting all of those, like, social norms that everyone, like, expects upon us. I definitely get that. Like it's it's almost like feeling like you're not queer enough mm-hmm. if you're still like a little bit straight, even though that's not how that works. Like liking men does not mean that you don't like women. They're not mutually exclusive. So I feel like that's happening a lot more now than like it used to. Like people know about identities that like now more people are kind of rejecting that heteronormativity right away. right? And then not really necessarily looking at themselves and acknowledging that like it's okay to still identify with some of those sorts of things yeah because like nobody wants to be straight but like it's okay to be straight
1: yeah that took so long to really like realize like you have this hatred for straight people that have done bad things in your life to you who have always said the wrong thing that you're like I want no part of that like I want to be my own person completely separate from this entity like Even being associated with homophobic people is awful. So you want to distance yourself as much as possible from that. So it was kind of just like to appease society. But labels in themselves are already kind of stupid.
0: Yeah, it's straight people just can be so like awful. And like the thing is being in a straight presenting relationship, even though it technically like is straight, It's also not because so many, like, queer people, like, when you're in a relationship, you're queer regardless. Right. So, like, even if you're in a straight-passing relationship, like, your relationship is still inherently queer. Yeah. But I feel like so many people try and like move away from that because the outside it doesn't look queer and like the whole kind of just notion that like straight people have with almost like just like settling and just like accepting mediocrity and i feel like distancing yourself from that is like the big thing it's like i don't want to be associated with people who are just like doing whatever the fuck instead of actually trying to find somebody who they actually genuinely care about
1: Mm-hmm. it's like that whole like the old ball and chain and shit like that like what do you mean like i cannot wait to get married i'm so excited like i don't understand what is wrong with people like this is like the literal love of your life like we're getting away from a culture where people feel pressured to marry younger and to the people that they've been dating for a long time i feel like it's more acceptable now for people to especially like bisexual people like if they realize that they're bi within their relationship to want to explore that in their life and like it's okay for them to break up with their partner even if they've been dating for a long time because they feel like they need to explore other things or whatever it is or have like an open relationship or something like that like that's super common for bi people because i get that too like i don't want to just settle for women or men or non-binary people or whatever i need everyone like In order to be fulfilled i don't know that's just me i'm not monogamous but i feel like just now especially in my life i just realized like it's less about like liking men and women and more about like being able to explore a bunch of different types of people whether they come as a man or a woman or non-binary or whatever
0: no i completely agree like i was in a relationship when i first realized that i was bi and i was like oh like okay can't really do anything about this because like I was in a monogamous relationship and like I was very committed to this person and so I was like you know I'm not gonna bother you know with anything but then like Mm -hmm. being out once I was out of that relationship like having the capability to kind of like explore my sexuality and like learn more about the other types of attraction that I can have towards people was so like enriching and I feel like a lot of people don't give credit to that like even if you are in a relationship and you realize you're bi and you decide like not to open your relationship or something like i definitely think talking with your partner and like maybe not like opening a relationship but just like exploring and talking about those feelings because i think it's so important to like yeah. acknowledge because even if like you know you've been married for 40 years and you're straight and you're like oh wait i suddenly like women and then you know, then you just talk to your husband. And like, it doesn't mean that you open your relationship. But it's like, you have like an open line of communication about like, yes, these are how I feel about women. Like, oh, yeah, like, I get that too. I feel like that's like always the nice thing about really like any bi relationship is that like, regardless of who you're attracted to, you're always going to relate. To the other person of who they're attracted to because it's like yeah if you're just in a straight couple and you're both straight then like one's attracted to men one's attracted to women and you're like well that's kind of boring you can't really relate to the other but like if you're in like a same-sex relationship or whatever a gay relationship and you're both bi
1: everybody's hot <laughs>
0: I feel like in straight culture, a lot of people don't acknowledge the fact that like you can still find other people attractive and that doesn't impact your relationship with that person.
1: God, yeah. And that's something that um, I definitely wanted to shed light on is just like the notion that because bi people are attracted to basically anybody, that they're promiscuous by nature and stuff like that. Which like, as long as it's ethical, I don't see anything wrong about being a slut. Like you said, like if you're in like a 40 year long marriage in a straight presenting marriage, and then all of a sudden you realize you're bisexual, like clearly you're not a hoe, like you've been married for 40 years, you know? So it's like, there's a lot of assumptions that go along with it in regards to promiscuity that I literally hate so much because everybody just assumes that bi people are going to cheat because they can't settle for one and like yeah that's how i feel but that's not how every bi person feels you know some people are strictly monogamous only want to be with one person and that's who they are i mean i'm very much not that so i'm with multiple people and that's the way it is but that's just like completely aside from being bi i don't know why there's this weird stereotype that bi people can't be in monogamous relationships which is like so not true
0: like being polyamorous and being bisexual are not mutually exclusive like you can be one without being the other Mm -hmm. like you can be bi and be completely monogamous you can be polyamorous and not be bisexual like they're two completely different things and people often like associate one with the other which is you know extremely frustrating because it's like like with the marriage if you're in a marriage for a really long time and you realize that you're bisexual that doesn't mean that like you were actively like going after other people and like trying to pursue a relationship with somebody or like having sex with somebody else without your partner knowing, like that's not what finding out your sexuality is. Like it's all about figuring it out yourself. Like I was dating a man and I realized I liked women, not because I was with women, but because I was like, wow, Catwoman's really hot.
1: For me, it was the Hex Girls from Scooby-Doo. That sounds about right. That was, like, my ultimate gay awakening. Being alt and gay, like, that's every every single femme person's gay awakening is the Hex Girls.
0: Honestly, yeah, that's that's absolutely fair.
1: Well, the thing about, like, being bi versus gay is, like, some people who are just straight, like, completely gay or straight even would say like, oh yeah, I know I've liked this part, this gender since a very young age. Like I knew I was gay. I knew I was straight, but being bi, it's like socially I'm allowed to like men. So I was like, oh yeah, I definitely do like men. And I had crushes on men all growing up. I definitely also like women, but I just didn't peg it as a crush. When I was young because I didn't really think that was even possible because there's such a lack of education about identities other than being straight or gay especially when you're younger like because the only thing you know is if you see somebody has like two moms and then you know okay that's possible but like you don't know that people can be bi so I was just like oh yeah I like men And there were definitely women that I liked, but I just didn't think I did, you know, and it's like just from such a young age, like not even realizing that you're bi until somebody like I literally kind of realized that I was bi when a friend of mine told me that she was bi and then I was like, oh, okay, got it. So this is a real thing that I can be. That's definitely what I am.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I completely like understand the whole growing up and expecting to like men. You know, I've always liked men. So I'm, I never really had to like, I guess, question my sexuality because I was like, well, I like men. So that's, that's it. I don't need to go any further. If you have the societal expectations of like heteronormativity put on you and you like conform to them, then it's just like, whatever. But then if you're on the opposite and you're like gay, then it's like, oh, okay, well then you definitely don't like this person because If you did, then you probably wouldn't have realized you were gay yet because you already would have been liking the people that everyone told you to like. Like getting crushes on girls like definitely probably happened to me a lot in elementary school and middle school without even like realizing it because I knew like what gay was and I had like some gay friends, but like not really understanding that anybody can be any sexuality. You don't have to know. From like the second you're born and it's like realizing that you have crushes on men and you're like, yeah, this is normal. And then not really associating any of the feelings about women with romance because you're like, oh, well, this is just how women feel about women. And it's like, you know, gears down the line and being like, oh, wait a minute. I actually do like women. Maybe those weren't just uh, platonic relationships that I was having.
1: Yeah, like even just differentiating between platonic and romantic now is hard because you never know, like. If you're just like, oh, I really want to be friends with them, or I would really love to be in love with them, I feel like most of my best friends are awesome people that I could probably fall in love with. Like, it depends on, like, outside circumstances, I guess. That's what's bad about being bi is literally every anybody walking down the street. I could, I don't know, they could be hot. Like, I don't know. Like, there's just so many options. And being poly, like, there's, like, everything, like, is out there. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I don't have time to be with this many people. But I have two partners right now. So, and I, I don't have time for that.
0: <laughs> I mean absolutely like that is definitely probably like the hardest thing like I have people that were like oh but it would be so much easier if you were by because like there would be so much more people and it's like yes but also then that just complicates everything because then like everyone is a potential partner yeah you know if a guy meets a girl that could be a potential partner. Mm-hmm. That's just how attraction goes is, you know, you meet somebody that you're possibly attracted to, and then that could lead to actually pursuing a relationship. But it's like when you're by and you're open to literally dating anyone, that anyone you meet that's like interesting at all to you is like automatically gets put into that box of like possible candidate for relationship. Mm-hmm. While it is nice, though, like, Yes, there is a lot of options that are overwhelming, but also like being bi does not automatically make your dating pool larger. Very true. Like one, also your dating pool is still going to revolve around like who is attracted to you as a person and like right. the type that people are looking for. Like mm-hmm. if you fit that and then like people having their own types, you might like both women and men, but like your pool might be a very small group of women and a very small group of men that you're attracted to.
1: Yeah. That's literally it. Like And that's why, like, I would identify as bi as opposed to pan, because I do care. Like, I'm attracted more to women and non-binary people. Like, literally the majority of people I've ever been with have been non-binary, which is really weird coincidence that I found that many non-binary people. You just relate to people immediately. Like, you know immediately that, like, you have something in common and they can understand the things that you've been through as a queer person. But... That makes such a small pool of men that I'm even interested in. Like, I like to say that I'm, like, a practicing lesbian because I'm rarely ever with men at all. But I'm so attracted to them and I wish I could meet a man that would just check all the boxes, but they never do. So, (laughs) I'm not that particular about it. You just can't be an asshole. That's, like, hard to find these days. I don't know.
0: No, absolutely. Like, That very much is one of like the biggest, I feel like difficulties when it comes to that, because like as like a queer person, when you find somebody like not the same identity as you, you risk that possibility of them not being queer. And then you're like, it's hard. It's hard to relate to somebody that like doesn't get your life experience. I know that that happens with like so many people in general that like don't understand like, but like it's not the same because they just don't get that like lived experience that you have.
1: Yeah. I mean, the one thing I will say is that, like, these days, being queer doesn't have a lot of impact on my life. It's been relatively easy for me, I would say, when it comes to, like, a professional environment and things like that. Like, being able to just feel comfortable being like, hi, my name's M. I use she, they pronouns, and not feel like people are going to judge me for that. I mean, at least here, we're in such a bubble, it feels like nobody even cares. Like, your pronouns don't impact anything about who you are as a person. They're just something that you prefer. And that's it. Like, I literally, I still question my sexuality and my gender. And that's why I was, like, more comfortable with bi than any other identity. I know I like men, women, and non-binary people. I know I have a bias towards some of them. And that's what being bi means for me. And that's why I was like, okay, this is chill.
0: Thank you so much for being on the show. I really had a great time talking to you.
1: Thank you for having me. It was lovely.
0: You're welcome. (laughs) So what do I think? When I first realized in 2015 that I wasn't attracted to only men, I originally came out as bisexual. At the time, I was vaguely aware of pansexuality, but honestly at the time I liked the colors of the bisexual pride flag better, so I decided that was what fit me. I think that alone goes to show how frivolous labels can be. Once I started questioning my gender identity the next year, I decided that I was pansexual instead, despite nothing about my attraction towards others changing. When I came out as bisexual, I was dating a cishet guy at the time, and we had LGBTQ friends, so no one was homophobic. But one of the first things he responded with was that he didn't care as long as I didn't cheat. Now, of course, it's completely valid to not want your partner to cheat, but it was the context and the implications that changed the meaning in that situation. His inherent response to bisexuality was the idea that bisexual individuals are more likely to cheat because of their wider view of attraction. Ericsson, Schroff and Jennifer Mitchell, whom I mentioned earlier, say that quote, "...not only are bisexuals made invisible, but when they are acknowledged, it is often in disparaging ways. Bisexuals are stereotyped as promiscuous, greedy, immature, and unable to be monogamous." End quote. We were in a monogamous relationship at the time, and my newfound liking of women did not change my feelings for him. Liking more than one gender does not make me promiscuous or more likely to cheat. Only my personal morals and how I choose to behave decides that. It's these microaggressions that have been normalized in our society that makes being bisexual or coming out as bisexual difficult. It's all of these preconceived notions and opinions people have of bisexuals, or what bisexuality is. And really, all it takes is education and awareness, like accurate media representation, to change our societal views of bisexuality. And we're definitely getting there. So I'm just going to keep being myself and educating as many people as I can about what bisexuality is.